Namaste and welcome to the Modern Mystic Podcast where we are exploring the mystical in the mundane and the magic in the present moment, bringing you ancient tools and technologies into modern day living, yoga, mythic, and healing conversations with expert and visionary powerhouses sharing their stories and secrets with you to help you live an inspired life. Our greatest glory is not in never failing, but in rising every time we fail, said Confucius, the great writer. My name is Kilkenny, the host of the Modern Mystic Podcast, and today I am here to talk about the rising, your rising. (laughs) Just saying that feels empowering and Maybe pause this recording and say that to yourself a few times, which could feel really good. Today, I am here for my own rising. Today, I am here for my own rising. Today, I am here for my own rising. In Western astrology, The constellation that was rising on the horizon at the moment of your birth is known as your rising sign. That's the term for it. And in my mind, as an astrologer and enthusiast of the stars and planets and anything space, it really is as significant as your sun sign, at least to me in my experience. The sun sign is the sign most of us know about ourselves, which is based on our birthdays. So if you haven't heard yet my episode and or you don't know your sun sign, check out episode number 41 called What Does Your Sun Sign Really Say About You Anyway? You'll find out what your sun sign is and the entire deal on what that means for you, your life and your evolutionary journey. Okay, back to your rising. Your rising sign is also known as your ascendant, and it's an indicator of a lot of things. But simply put, it is an indicator of your soul's journey and flavor in this lifetime. It's your soul's signature vibe, so to speak. When you are born, and I have seen this with my own children, the energy of your rising sign is primary because you are a soul who just came into a body. And so your rising sign shows up fully throughout one's young childhood. And kids are still so connected to their souls and the invisible realms because they just came from them. Then around the ages of, I'd say like three to five, when from a psychological perspective, the ego starts to develop, along with it develops the energies of our sun sign. So for those born in late June, mid-July, they are Cancers, or those born in late December through mid-January, they're Capricorns. And those specific personality traits begin to crystallize. However, your personality and ego are overlaid on top of your soul, aka your rising sign. And so like when you put a set of clothes on, You can still see one's face and parts of one's body with the clothes. The rising sign is still very present. And like the soul who supports the animation of the body, the rising sign still can be seen and supports the sun sign. 
So it's for this reason it is said in esoteric astrology that one's physical appearance even and visage is actually reflected in the rising sign. So you basically physically appear, it's said, to the world more like your rising sign, not your sun sign. And I'll detail in a bit some more specifics about each sign and specific characteristics of their physicality. If you look up your astrology chart called officially, quote, your natal birth chart, end quote, you will see a picture that is a large circle looking like a clock with lots of symbols in it, which represent, the symbols do, where the planets and other celestial bodies were at the moment of your birth from the bed you were born in. On that clock-like circle, think about where nine o'clock would be. And on that picture, that is where your ascendant or rising sign would show up. This is determined by knowing the time of your birth for the rising sign changes approximately every two hours. So you may need to ask a family member or rely on their memory if you don't know the exact time of your birth. You can also call the hospital you were born. I've had a lot of clients do this with whom um, I've worked with and read their charts, and they have to legally keep records uh, on that file. So if you're living in the United States, you can easily write to the Office of Vital Records in your birth state. And for those of you who live elsewhere, of which there are many, there are astrologers who specialize in reconstructing charts. And this art form is called chart rectification. So keep listening as well, even if you don't know your birth time or your rising, because even from your personality, your life's journey, and your intuition— even if you don't know your birth time, it really might become obvious to you what your rising sign is as I speak about the different signs in the way of when they're in the place of the rising. So not to stress, not to worry, you can figure it out. The ascendant is the cusp or beginning borderline of the zodiac's first house on that clock picture I mentioned. It's always denoted by a dark line that would be that nine o'clock on a clock. So from the first house cusp, we travel around the zodiac wheel in a counterclockwise fashion. And so this is a little nuance. But what you need to know about your rising sign and the rising sign of your people and loved ones that is so helpful is that it's knowing the key energy of one's soul. And it truly acts like a North Star in one's life. This knowledge has been so exceedingly helpful to me in a practical way in my day-to-day life. So knowing like a North Star's function, whenever you are lost, unsure of what to do or what to move towards, contemplate your rising sign, its qualities, Bask in its themes, learn its energies, and follow its teachings, and it will guide you. So your rising sign is your soul energy. And as an adult, you want to start moving even more towards it. So truly, we want to develop healthy egos. This is my humble opinion and experience. 
as I mentioned, in the psychological phase where we develop our egos and the burgeoning of them around three years age to five, a little bit older, and then our egos begin to get consecrated in through our teenage years, through young adulthood. If everything goes well in the way of our ego identification, and that doesn't mean it's easy or a walk of the park, but it's said that approximately somewhere in our late 20s, early 30s, many, many astrologers agree around 35 for sure, for most people, then it begins to be a shift. And one starts to actually become more like their rising sign almost automatically, definitely attracted to the energies a little more naturally. So it's important, again, the sun sign has its function, just like our egos do. However, if you're listening to this podcast and you're younger and haven't hit your Saturn return, which is around 27 to 30, depending upon your Saturn return dates, you can know that you're still in a process of developing your sun sign in an active way. But again, if you feel lost and astray, what I want to emphasize as well, if it's not due to a healthy ego developed regimen, then you might look to your rising sign as well. If you're over 35, then for sure, no, you are moving towards fulfilling this energy and its themes as you evolve and grow. That is really your ultimate destination point. Yet there's this irony that your physicality and your body might very well reveal a clue about your rising sign, which sort of seems antithetical to the soul if you think about it. But contemplating it, your soul enters your body and infuses it. So it makes sense that the body would reflect your soul in some way, I think. So I thought I'd roll out some more detailed information regarding each specific ascendant sign, first detailing some of its known physical characteristics, and then use that as a launching point to share each of the 12 rising sign themes and characteristics that you and your soul can be aiming for. So I'll start with Aries, the first sign in the zodiac. And Aries risings are said to have bright eyes. It's a sign of fire often with a square, oblong face and almond eyes. And since Aries rules the part of the body, which is the head, it's sometimes accompanied with a minor receding hairline, or even like people who have Aries risings often have like red or auburn hair. And sometimes it comes with a flushed or oily complexion or to have maybe some skin blemishes at a younger age younger than even your peers during adolescence. And sometimes they're late bloomers because Aries is the first sign and Aries leads the way. And that little sprout, if you think about it, has to do a lot of work to single-handedly push through that fertile ground. So it can happen to be a late bloomer. But it's said on the other end of life, conversely, as they get older, it's easier for them than many of the other signs regarding their physical constitutions, for they tend to be robust as they age. Their style and sensibility is often said to be very athletic or maybe a little hint of grunge there. And red, rust-like or vermilion colors enhance one's appearance. In the tarot tradition, the card associated with Aries rising is the emperor. 
And so it might feel good to wear hats or wear your hair up or even a crown or a tiara or something like that when dressing up. Or even a baseball cap for an Aries rising. The Aries personality tends to be strong and they're feisty, tend to be inspiring, and they have a lot of chi, a lot of prana, a lot of life force energy, which they have to move often to feel good. And that life force can often make them at times uh, like conflict. They can get like pissy or argumentative because the energy has to go somewhere. And they are known to even like to say you're wrong. And by nature, sometimes don't know when to stop. They push. And so part of the version of the rising and speaking to the soul version of the Aries sign is channeling that energy to really help people wake up, to help people stay awake in their life. So if an Aries is a little bossy, it becomes how do I direct people such that I inspire them and that I keep them present and I support them living their life in an awakened way. Aries rising sometimes can want to start fights or really just try to be pushy and push your buttons. But in Aries land, that's often an attempt to make a connection with you. They want to connect. And so the soul version, the rising Aries can learn to realize that when they tend to want to push someone's buttons, oh, let me pivot because I actually want to connect with this person. If you tell an Aries like, hey, you're, you're really, you know, crossing my boundary or you're pushing my button, you know, do you really, I, I really want to talk and I love you and I miss you, right? And Aries will melt. It's fire, but they will melt like a flame and uh, have that ability to, to melt in that way. And Aries rising can learn when they feel those tendencies to fight, fight for love, Fight for peace, fight for community, fight for something that you believe in and that you're passionate about and channel that energy in that way. When you're pushing people's buttons, realize that you're trying to connect and try to make that fire a little sweeter, a little, little more gentle and less biting. Moving on to Taurus. A Taurus rising is said to have a heart-shaped face or a diamond face with more typically closed eyes set or slightly protruding. And Taurus rules the throat, the neck, and the tongue, and often possesses highest cheekbones or plump lips, and is associated with natural music inclinations due to where in the body it's connected to, that throat, tongue area. And since the sign is associated with the planet Venus, it's naturally associated with beauty by societal standards, which includes symmetry. With this emphasis on the neck, they can sometimes have longish necks or conversely double chins. And their cervical spine positioning, specifically related to the hyoid bone, which is a butterfly bone in the throat, can really help support how a Taurus rising feels. If they slouch, they stick their throat out, if they just draw the center of their throat back, feel their spine more erect, supporting their throat can really help support them. Wearing scarves in the winter could feel really good to them 
or not having collars and scarves on could feel amazing to them. Their style is often said to be a little bougie boho or country chic, but earthy colors like mustard, juniper, and olive can feel really, really good to a Taurus rising and balancing. In the tarot card deck, they are associated with the Hierophant. And so having a big ring of keys, because if you look at that card in in a deck, big ring of keys to all different doors or places might feel really good to you because he has that in that card and access to many buildings or maybe you like to lock your own places and keep safes under your bed full of money which is very Teresian or what we value in our self-worth and liking to be in control of that or even journals with like keys in them to keep the thoughts private and locked can feel really really good to a Taurus. Their personalities typically are very stable and grounded and attached to security. And if a Taurus really doesn't feel safe, then they feel out of control and they can get really, really sullen or they can charge at you. And so a Taurus rising and that soulful urge is aligned with Buddha because they are associated with simplicity. And Buddha, you know, was a prince, and then he ended up leaving his family and all his possessions and wealth, and he learned about non-attachment. And so a Taurus, when they can learn that their safety comes from within, they can be very soft. They can be really, really sweet, again, associated with Venus. So learning to, like Buddha, sit still, learning to not work so hard, not put so much effort in, But really take those mindful moments and pause and really trust and remember in their life, is there a time when life and resources weren't available to the Taurus rising? And I have not met one who said yes, that they were not cared for by the universe in some way in the way of resources and wealth. So trust is a big theme. And really seeing how life has taken care of you and naming the ways life has will make Taurus feel more safe. And it's really the, the rising lesson and high road. So the Taurasians love chocolate and that rising will love a box of chocolate for sure. Gemini is the next rising sign that is associated with the planet Mercury. And the planet of Mercury is the really true connection to the god of communication. And so one's lips are associated with this placement. Often well-defined lips and dexterity with one's lips is a key feature. I should mention parathetically that with Taurus and the tongue, often they're sort of famous for their dexterity with their tongues. Gemini, it's the lips. And they're often too associated with lungs, shoulders, arms, and fingers. So it's a a big stretch from lips through fingers. There are lots of parts of the body because Gemini is about lots of parts and lots of things and lots of people. They can have slender builds that accentuate these body parts. Maybe a Gemini rising has their arms tattooed all over or likes to wear a lot of rings on their fingers to highlight that part of the body for them. Or say tank tops, anything that highlights these areas of the body might feel really good to you if you're a Gemini rising. 
you might feel like you run out of breath sometimes with this connection to the lungs. And for Gemini Rising's formal breathwork practices like pranayama, mindful breathing can be very life enhancing for you. It's said that these folks often have oblong or square faces with their eyes downward turned. And their style tends to be with clothing, festive, simple, chic, and colorful. Often I found when I read astrological charts for people, including my coaching clients, they, they say they get compliments on their hands being soft. Like people will compliment them like, oh, I love your nails. They look beautiful or your hands are soft. And they don't have to take care of their hands and moisturize and file their nails and all these things. Like the rest of us, their hands just sort of often look beautiful or appealing. Since this sign is associated with the lover's card in the tarot deck, it might feel really good for them to walk around totally naked in their homes. For There's two beings on the lover's card that are just free and not self-conscious in that way. And that might feel like a sweet practice in a Gemini's home when they feel safe by themselves or wherever they feel comfortable with whom, whatever. Um, maybe even taking a shower outside, those outdoor showers. Oh, I love them. That's really balancing for a Gemini rising. Gemini's, you know, like a lot of colors. They have lots of thoughts. It's an air sign. And they're very kid-like. They like to play. And they're almost like a bird that flits from tree to tree to tree to tree. So they have like a playfulness that's the gift of fickleness. And then they can be fickle and flirtatious in a way that can be challenging for the people around them. But it comes from an endless fascination by life, and they're just so easily tickled and easily charmed by the world around them. So the soul version of a Gemini is that they're an empty vessel. If you look at the symbol for Gemini, it looks like the Roman numeral two, and it's like the top line is heaven, the bottom line is earth, and then the Gemini is the two, the two parts of themselves, you know, one that's going right, one that's going left, one that's going up, one that's going down, because they're always pulled and spread out their attention and energy in many directions. But if they can remember to pause and be a vessel for spirit with their personality in the soul rising version, they don't just talk to hear themselves talk and engage with people just for the flirtiness or the flit of it all with no content, but they have gifted minds and they become a conduit for the divine, a conduit for life force to move through them. And if they can clear out their mind a little bit, they can really become spontaneous writers, talkers, teachers even, wordsmiths, where like every word they're saying that drips off their tongue, everyone is enamored with. They have this gift of the words if it's really sourced and rooted from a place of like channeling almost or receiving, so to speak, and not just putting out, but de digging deep down into the well and letting that wellspring rise up. The next rising sign is cancer. And the cancer rising often has a softer appearance, almost like a doll or a stuffed animal in the sweetness of the skin, maybe some batted eyelashes, a slight puckering of your lips, or something that makes your face unsuspecting yet alluring. There can be a femininity that is accentuated in one's appearance and one's face, it's said. And 
The shape of the face can manifest often as round or oval with round wide eyes. Cancer rising, however, is also ironically associated with a bodybuilder because in a certain way, when muscles get big, they're nourished and they get round. Even if they're hard, there's a roundness. And so this body type can also present itself as well. So that can be bodybuilder, really muscular type, the body often, or sometimes it's a more abundant body type round and curvy and yeah doll-like in a way their style tends to be business casual or preppy unless they are bodybuilders like I mentioned which it can be more athletic but cancers are sometimes equated even though so often with home and they initiate home but they can be really good business people too and I feel like that doesn't get spoken about because they're a cardinal sign they're initiators Thus, sometimes the business casual. Neutral colors and cool pastels like cream or silver, navy, gray, and lavender might feel really nourishing to wear or to surround yourself with. The ruling part of the body with cancer is the chest, breast, diaphragm, stomach, and sternum. So these areas can be more expanded and prominent for cancer rising. A cancer rising often has a super sensitive stomach, so their emotions can go to their stomachs really quickly, and their metabolism is connected to their emotional biorhythms. And so sometimes cancer risings get the quickest six packs when working out as well. So there's that play with the cancer. So there's just an emphasis on the belly in whatever way it can show up for a cancer rising often. Associated in the tarot deck with the chariot, who is self-motivating. In the tarot deck, there's this chariot and there is a sense that you have to make the chariot go. It has to move from your own will. And the Cancer Rising might like to travel in vehicles of all kinds rather than to walk places and ambulate. And that can feel really good to a Cancer Rising, even like a boat or a golf cart, but that can be fun. And there's this association with the chariot card, which is a very popular card in the tarot deck. Now, cancers are known to be very emotional. They have a reputation often because it is about their feeling body, the cancer sign in general. And so often they want to be home. They love family, maybe just a few friends. But there's a real sense of pulling into oneself and getting in touch with one's emotional body and really being domestic and liking the realms of domesticity. However, with the soul rising aspect to a cancer, they really are able to see all the meanness and the cruelty of life. Because in the emotional realm, right, that's where we feel the ramifications of trauma, the ramifications of meanness and lack of altruism and all those things that we all have seen and know so well, hatred, etc. And so a really soulful cancer rising is able to stand in the middle of all of that. And they're actually a really strong sign because strength comes from sensitivity and being with all that is. So a cancer rising at its most expanded embodiment is being able to be a healer 
or stand with people's pain, like a midwife who stands and supports and watches that painful birthing process and understand that those more challenging aspects of life that we see, that we experience, are part of the cosmic weather, right? And that trauma and challenges come, and then there's the cyclical flow of challenges go. People get sick, and then they get better. So it's being able to go with that flow, not freaking out about it. It's watching your kids, your parents, the people you love suffer, and being able to stand in the middle of all that and hold space for the middle of all that. It's pretty amazing, cancerizing. The next sign I wanted to talk about is Leo. Leo rising. <sighs> Leo risings often possess a glow, like a sheen or shine and magnetism that kind of Kelka shows that makes everyone's head turn or maybe look a little longer. <laughs> Having a Leo rising allows the glow of you not just to be in your outer form, but that glow that makes people look, that magnetism that attracts other people to you is partly your inner soul shining through you. And that's what really makes you appealing to many, many people. Often said to have a diamond, square, or heart-shaped face with hooded eyes, Leo is associated with the heart, back, and spine. So a Leo rising sometimes will have like a rosy or blush complexion due to its close association with the circulatory system or due to just being a fire sign who often likes to work out, right? Leo's another fire sign. So claiming your good posture from your spine, because the spine, as I said, is associated with Leo, is very life-enhancing for a Leo ascendant and doing things like yoga, chiropractic, Things that support a literal healthy spine and your vertebra are great for these folks. As standing tall, even if you are short, is important for a Leo rising and will feel really good. Warm colors might feel amazing to wear and to surround yourself with. For these folks are often said to love athletic wear, haute couture equally, but since it's so closely linked to the heart, you might even buy these folks a V-neck or a turtleneck or see them conversely with backless shirts or even no shirts at all, the Leo rising. <laughs> In the tarot tradition, Leo is associated with the strength card, which shows a lion and a woman tamed, really having tamed the lion. The lion's leaning against her almost like a, a dog would be. And it has to do with mind over matter. So meditation and focusing one's mind, so it's not just about the outer charisma and the external physicality and charm and all of that, but really reminding them to focus on the internal world is great and balancing for the Leo rising folks, as is having a pet feline or two. That can be amazing for a Leo rising cats. <laughs> the Leo rising in the highest expression of the soul is about giving up one's ego and control in service of the whole. So like the Leo rising could be a great actor, the way an actor enacts a situation and then everybody in the theater benefits by feeling the feelings of the situation that the actor is portraying or 
singer at a concert, everybody's enjoying the singing, the thousands and thousands of people and feeling uplifted from the joy and all the expressions of the feelings, right? The, the actor would be the Leo rising. So if there's a way to shine and yet the shining really serves the whole, that is a great expression of the Leo rising. Leo rising is another, you know, fire sign, like I mentioned. And so fire is all about bluntness. And so a Leo rising is also at times really okay with perhaps shining in a way that reveals a truth that still serves the whole. As long as they're making sure, oh, this serves the whole, this bluntness and my dressing up or my getting certain perks or my telling the truth. This really brings light to other people's lives and consciousness. Then this is a really high road of Leo. Leo risings often will tell you their opinions and they're often very accurate. They're often really, you know, that, that element of fire, illuminative. So it's about being skillful with that and, and what's the intention behind that and doing it just to really support and illuminate things for the whole for the collective in that kind of way through the Leo's individuality and bravery really to stand up in front of people and shine in the way that they do. The Virgo rising like Gemini's are also associated with Mercury, the God of communication. So there is this light accentuation on the puckered lip situation that can go on here, something to do with their lips. However, they really are an earth sign. Virgos. And so it really has to do with assimilation and digestion. And they're linked to the intestines for this reason. Virgo is notoriously famous for being at times overcritical. I feel like they get maybe the hardest rap in the whole astrological system and the way of Virgos, you know, and their, their lower road, so to speak. Yet underneath this tendency of Virgos, to be critical is usually a self-worth issue because it has to do with earth, which has to do with self-worth. And yet Virgo is the sign of the high priestess. And it's a funny thing because Virgo risings are known to be, you know, incredibly attractive and beautiful and gorgeous. Again, all by societal standards. And I'm not saying I applaud that or subscribe to that. However, we do live in a limited system of society and they're known to be almost like the type of people that get idolized for the way that they look from our encultured standards perspective. And yet often these people don't ever feel attractive. They don't ever feel beautiful. That self-worth and tendency to criticize gets turned on them. So of all the placements of Virgo, I think that the Virgo ascendant rising can really be the hardest on themselves in my experience. And so that's something that they have to work with and to know about themselves. They're said to have a diamond or oval face, semi-wide set or even downturned eyes. And their appearances are sharp and clean with their sense of style being pretty sophisticated elegant. Earthy colors that are easy on the eyes might feel really nourishing to a Virgo ascendant. And since they're linked to the digestive tract, the gut, and also the nervous system for that matter, they tend to be very health conscious of what they ingest and put into their bodies 
onto their bodies and they can be very fixated on these things. In the tarot tradition, the Virgo rising is correlated to the hermit card. And so having downtime and alone time is of the utmost importance to a Virgo rising. You know, Virgo comes from the virgin, the one unto herself. So having autonomous time to feel fulfilled by oneself is really life enhancing. Having an altar or a place to meditate and or communicate with one's higher self can be exceedingly life enhancing as well for a Virgo rising. Virgos typically are very practical. They're organized. They like to keep themselves comfortable and they have opinions about how to do things and what they want done. They can be a little compulsive with cleaning and things like that, but they are a mutable sign. They have flexibility. So they could be like, you know, rearranging a room. And if you're like, well, I I want to do it this way and they see it makes it better and improves it because that's ultimately the intention of the Virgo when they're critical to improve things. They have flexibility and they might say, oh, okay, you do it that way then. And as a rising, even with their criticalness, they can really learn to be kind to themselves. And if people around them give them that support and directive, hey, don't don't be so hard on yourself or hey, you know, you're talking to my friend that way and your Virgo rising's the friend. <laughs> you're talking to my sister that way and your Virgo rising's the sister. Don't talk to her that way. You know, in a funny kind of way, you can gently reflect back to them the way that they're being. The Virgo then can get out of the criticism mode with themselves and really be a servant, really serve others. The highest level of Virgo is their incredible servants of the world. They feed people, they clothe people, they nourish people. Um, They're just an amazing asset to society in this way. And so many Virgo rising, especially as they age, get into the practicality of working at food kitchens, of helping with homeless people and comfort and care for people. So that's the high road of the Virgo rising. Then we go on to Libra, Libra ascendants. Libra ascendants often have an innocent and kind of seducing energy like Taurus risings. And they're associated with Venus too. That's why. So there's similarly a symmetry about their faces often and overall physicality. And while the earthy Teresian allurement is centered around the tongue and the throat, the Libra charm shines through the smile and the nose as Libra is often associated with the air element. So it's up. It's actually a little higher because of that. Sometimes that can manifest as dimples or just a really well-groomed face and hair. Their face shape has more variety of options as the air element associated with Libra, as I mentioned, likes lots of choices and lots of directions and that's the quality of air. And so their face can manifest as square, oblong, diamond, almond shape, upturned gazes often, it is said. The ruling parts of the body for a Libra rising are the kidneys, the bladder, and the buttocks. The kidneys are responsible for filtering waste from the body. And then this waste is stored in our bladders until it's ready to be released. It's a process which really maintains homeostasis or equilibrium in our bodies, which is one of Libra's main themes, equilibrium, balance, harmony. So making sleep, hygiene, and healthy eating habits a priority 
is paramount for this ascendant sign. If not, that homeostasis gets whacked and UTIs and other imbalances can show up. Our buttocks is what allows us to sit comfortably on the earth or a chair and create things, which is another superhero power of a Libra rising. They have incredible creativity. They're known for their lovely complexions as they age. That's a thing. And for their well-matched clothing that's comfortable and really well-matched. Cooler hues like white and gray, pink and lavender might feel soothing for a Libra rising. The sign is associated with the justice card in tarot, which has to do with truth, law of karma, and fairness, because those are associated with Libra, fairness, justice. And so a seated meditation is crucial practice for Libra sitting on their buttocks and for this rising sign, quieting the outside noise so they can hear their own truth, so they can feel their own connection to source. And so they can know what's quote-unquote right, like what's, what's the right kind of justice in every given moment for them that's unique to them. Libra is the sign of relationships. And so because of this, it's this funny thing with the Libra energy, and then it gets exacerbated with a rising where it's like they want to be with you, they want to be with everyone, they do, they do, they do, until they don't. And sometimes they, at the same time, they want to be with you and yet they don't want to be with you. And there's this like conflicting you and me feeling. And so when Libra rising particularly can realize that when they're seeking out all the different relationships and one-on-ones, that some of that time really what's most beneficial is to devote time to their outer one and their inner one meaning their outer self and their inner self. And that's truly the impetus for a lot of their craving relationships on the outside is to turn that yearning inward to the divine, to their inner self, to their spirit, to their soul, to their deepest yearnings of the heart. And that is a really high road for Libra rising. Then they feel very balanced and they become very you know, potent because of it. Libra risings often tend to be really, really artistic, I found. Libra is a creative sign, you know, a sign of a fine artist and an artist. And um, the rising people just can make incredible pieces of art. And of course, they need that alone time to do that. It's that communing with their inner muse, that one-on-one relationship with themselves and their inner muse, which can create so much beauty and revelation in their work. Libra, you know, is said to be the sign birthing the Aquarian age because it's about the, you know, qualities of masculine and feminine. And when we realize that they're really all intertwined and they're balanced and they're really one and one continuum really, and there's not the sense of duality, the duality vanishes when we blend and honor both. That's also a part of the Libra rising's journey. And now we're on to Scorpio, Scorpio rising. I feel like Scorpio also sometimes like Virgo gets a little more of a judgmental rap in the astrology world. And I think that the Scorpio risings often appear cryptic, maybe a little side of spice or an entree of spice. For sure, they can have an aura of sexuality or eroticism or 
just by what societal standards and acculturation would consider a darker kind of style, like emo or grunge. Often these folks have oblong or diamond faces with round eyes. And Scorpios have tails. And so the tail of the face is what? The nose. (laughs) And so with a Scorpio rising, it's said to be a prominent and unique feature. Because this sign is the quintessential sign associated with sex, it's linked to the pelvis and to our reproductive organs. So they are said to embody love handles or very clearly defined hips. But something about that arena of the body is often accentuated, so to speak. The tarot card associated with this ascendant is the death card. And on this card, death often rides a horse. It's depicted that way. And so horseback riding or driving a powerful boat or anything of nature that makes a person feel in control of something that makes a person feel like they have a lot of power can feel amazing to a Scorpio rising. For Scorpios really love power. They think about power, how to wield power. And so with the rising, how do we wield power in align ways? Scorpio has the connotation of the wizard, the magician, and also the therapist because they're about invisible energy and willing to go deep into the mysteries and the unknown and uncovered. Their signature style, so to speak, can range from grungy, like I said, to even sophisticated, sexy, or like a rocker vibe. But the favorite shades are often gray, black, red, or sometimes you see Scorpio Rising with like a lot of exotic prints thrown in there. Now, Scorpio's you know, their personalities, so to speak, and typical generalized energies are nonverbal, more secretive. They are very interested in those taboo subjects, sex, death, money, all about transformation and the cycles of birth and the cycles of death and that cyclical rebirth and death and rebirth and death. When it comes to the Scorpio rising, like the soul version It becomes about knowing boundaries, knowing when not to push themselves off the edge. Even the Scorpios who love the horror films or the Scorpios who, you know, love the tantric sex. It becomes how do I use my sexuality with my lover, lovers, and take it to the edge of alignment, success, and sensation and pleasure as a holy act. Same thing with food. How can I make food so incredible and seductive and yet it has the intention of like transforming someone's experience when they eat the food? It takes a lot of spiritual evolution to go deep into these darker subjects and really have the intention of not doing drama but actually going into the darkness, being present with some of these or all of these taboo subjects, and then how to return back to others and really know that there's gold to be gotten from digging deep, deep, deep down. And maybe even when you go deep down, you bring the light to the darkness, and then maybe when you return, you excavate the gold back. And 
That is the high road of Scorpio. Scorpio rising is said to be the only sign that will destroy its personality. It will destroy its ego for the purposes of its soul. So it's a very intense sign, as really any placement of Scorpio is. But there's an incredible high road to it, which creates a ton of healing, a ton of deep, profound experiences, and a ton of learning on the deepest level of soul and on the deepest level of life lessons. They make great psychologists, um, and it's a profound, a profound sign when it goes deep and skillful and aligned ways. Now we move on to Sagittarius rising, which is a very different flavor of, than Scorpio because it's a fire sign. We're back to fire. And Sagittarius has a very jovial energy. It's said to be reflected in a flashy smile, glistening, sparkly eyes, and a certain calcus shows of vivaciousness. They're famous for their teeth and their radiant smiles and are said to have round or rectangular faces, often with almond-shaped downturned eyes. Sagittarius is associated with the centaur, who's half human and half horse, and so the emphasis in the body with this rising sign is their teeth like a horse's teeth. You know how they stand out, the horse's teeth, when they show them to you. <laughs> and also the thighs, specifically in the legs, which one needs to ride and control horses. They are said to have a commanding walk due to this thigh emphasis, which catches most people's eye, their, their saunter, so to speak, and their gait and exudes a confidence, which naturally draws people to them. They're said to like streetwear, athleisure, or classy boho in terms of dress, and their soothing shades that create balance and harmony within their being are often elicited in shades of blue and greens, and then also their complementary colors of peaches and corals. The tarot card associated with this sign is the temperance card, which is about perspective and contentment, which I find so interesting because Sagittarius is about higher systems and going to other lands and then bringing back wisdom. It's about travel in order to gain a wider perspective on the world and on our lives. And when we have the broader perspective, we feel content, right? When we have that macro view of life and of the world, it births a sense of peace, I think. Sagittarius's personality is because it's that fire. They can be blunt and they often get in trouble. They're known for this. And they're loud, big, they're, they're joyful. They're the Santa Claus kind of jovial energy, so to speak. And sometimes they are so spilling out over the edges with the exuberance, with the indulgences, they can overdo it. And so the invitation of the Sagittarius rising is to not get lost in the party factor to yes go to the lands and travel but come back and be that philosopher be that sage that brings us back wisdom from the other lands to enjoy life and not take things so seriously because you know the bigger picture. You know 
There's a reason you're here. Your life is of value and everyone's around you. And so we don't have to sweat the small stuff. That's the high road and the invitation of the Sagittarius rising. Fabulous with groups. And so they can be great teachers, which is part of the truth telling. And they have so much life force. They're the kind of beings that can literally have you drop to your knees. And when that life force is in service of wisdom and the sharing the truth about life and the world with a capital T, then it's a beautiful invitation and collaboration, Sagittarius rising with everyone. Capricorn risings are known for their mature and sophisticated appearance, often with rectangular, round, or oblong-shaped faces and wide-set, round, or downturned eyes. There is a dignified and sometimes even mysterious vibe to their appearance. This earth sign is said to possess well-shaped teeth and reveal those teeth with a slightly cunning smile. They're also known for possessing strong skeletal systems as well as strong nails, that earth energy. And their dress is often comfy, casual, corporate, or sophisticated. Soothing colors are said for Capricorn risings to be black, gray, white or juniper and they're associated with the devil card in the tarot and the devil card speaks to how worldly life and pleasures can be a demise like chains around one's neck and the art on this tarot card shows two people with chains around their neck however the people can free themselves of the chains around their neck because their chains are not attached to anything else. So they could literally lift the chains off themselves. And so it speaks to how wealth and success can uh, either be like a chain and burden us or how it can allow us to serve others and how it can actually help others, our money, our resources, our hard work, set other people free. Capricorn energy in general is known to be driven and really into fine things like fine cars, fine antiques, anything that has stood the test of time. And they can work out of compulsion. However, a Capricorn rising is here to really serve their purpose at work or with whatever they're offering the world that is a legacy. So they can remember, okay, what did I come here to do? And keep checking in with that. To keep refining their work ethic, to stay scrupulous because they're serving other people with their work, they're providing jobs, monetary value, whatever it is, some kind of value that affects a lot of people often. And so when they remember basically what they're here to do and how they're here to serve in the way of their work, in the way of their incredibly hard tenacity, like a goat that is symbolized by Capricorn, step by step by step, they can't even see the view, but no mountain is too high to surmount. And when they mount it and they're at the vista and they can see all around them, everyone benefits from their scaling of the mountain. When it comes to the rising, 
also the body is said to be incredibly strong as a Capricorn ages. A lot of systems in astrology say it's the best body type you can get in the way of strength and fortitude, that they age well and long and remain healthy relatively. Aquarius risings are the next sign I want to talk about, and we're almost done. They're known for their eclectic yet trendy vibes and overall energy. They can take any piece of clothing, turn it inside out, cut it up, put it on a different body part that it was intended for, and it probably looks fabulous. They often have a heart square, rectangular face with big wide eyes or upturned eye shape. And they're associated with the calves, so the lower legs, which either can be strong or perhaps have poor circulation or strength. The calf muscles help us to take off, right? When we run, those calf muscles spring into action and move forward. And that is what Aquarius rising energy loves to do, to move towards inventing the future right here in the present moment. So they love every color, every texture, might feel good to them at any given moment. Variety is part of their path and being eclectic. It's air energy, so it includes a lot. It includes really everything. And the tarot card associated with Aquarius rising is the star card, which shows a woman with one foot in the earth representing the present moment and practicality. Her other foot is in the water, which represents the future and our intuitions. So Aquarians have one foot in both worlds as they dream up our future for us. And they just have these unique souls. They're nonconformists. You know, they love to say no just to be rebellious, just for the sake of being re rebellious. They, they, you might ask them to do something, and before you, they even know what it is, they'll say no because that's the impulse of the Aquarius, to say no to create something new to say yes to. However, the Aquarian rising, the soul version, in the highest most expression of Aquarian energy, which is the point of the rising, is to dream up a new world for all of us and to make things so much more elevated and take things to the next level. So when they're thinking about establishing new ways of being, not being judgmental, which is their strong suit, realizing they're part of the collective, making sure that they don't forget that they're so eccentric that they still fit in, <laughs> even when they don't technically fit in, that they're still a part of the wider community, then they are the ones to birth the entire community to the next level. So they're very community-oriented. They really want to serve and have this natural urge to support the collective in order to change the old story. The last rising sign, number 12, we'll discuss today is Pisces rising. Pisces rising people often have heart or square shaped faces, it's said, and are known for their big, dreamy eyes. They give off a mystical persona, and they are associated with the planet Neptune, which is often said to be a higher octave of Venus. So a sense of beauty dreamy, carefree vibe surrounds them, seemingly at all times. The ruling part of their bodies are their feet, 
because within the feet live a map of pressure points that impact the entire body. If you've ever had acupressure done on just the soles of your feet, your whole body will feel shifted. It's pretty extraordinary. I love that experience. The feet and this idea of them holding the whole macrocosm of the physicality and really thus our world is so cool. And so it's said that Pisces is all the signs in one, that Pisces holds the micro within the macro and is all the flavors of the zodiac in one sign. So the Pisces like to take really good care of their feet and get manicures if they have a Pisces rising. Or maybe that they love sandals or simply like to walk on the earth barefoot more than the average person. I can attest to this. They're often associated with a multitude clothing styles for that vibe is holding all the styles and all the things. So very eclectic and, and varied in this, their styles, it said. And soothing colors for them would be light colors such as golden and cream, pastels, light blues, and whites. The tarot card associated with this rising sign is the moon card, which symbolizes our intuitions, dreams, and unconscious. So Pisces rising, you know, has to do with the personality, which all the signs of the ascendants do and are connected. And hopefully you've heard that in the personality. Pisces tends to be sweet, compassionate, kind, dreamy. They will give the shirt off their back to someone. They're very generous and they really care about everyone. It's that whole macro within the micro of one person caring for everyone. And though they can be very, very open-minded, it is symbolized with, with two fish going in opposite directions. So they can be very generous, very people-oriented, very compassionate and loving. And then they can also be really wanting to go under, like in the ocean, down and in, and be recluses and want to pull away from people and maybe even feeling like they can't stand people other times. So it's a little tricky. And when it comes to the soul, this ability to be an empath and the gift of compassion can be very exaggerated. So there's this like saint-like energy and this sacrificing oneself energy for the evolution of humanity that can arise. And so the Pisces rising doesn't have so many needs and doesn't worry a lot about taking care of themselves. And really they have so much to give and they think about helping the planet and helping others. So learning for them that they are this way, paying attention if they are in their ego at all. It's the one rising sign that their sun sign is important if they've given that up to make sure they're moving towards the Pisces, towards the oneness, towards the helping others, towards the serving others and caring about others and really feeling others' pain and, um, you know, the sign of the mystic for sure. And they can draw all sorts of eccentric characters towards them and forget to take care of themselves. So with the Pisces rising, it's a tricky thing. And if the 
being or you yourself, you know, aren't in that place of really thinking and being present to the pain of others and to the plights of others and compassion isn't really a practice for yours, that's a great practice for you. If you're a Pisces rising and you're so sensitive and you feel the pain of everyone around you and in your empath, then it becomes learning about boundaries and it becomes learning how to contain all that water, right? Because when a dam has walls, then it's very powerful and then it can help and give nourishment to many people. So it's about making boundaries and that can even be checking in with your sun sign and that ego to make sure there's some ego identification and not only in the soul. So the Pisces rising, the soul and the ego, it's important to be good friends and how to work with them together. But a really, really sweet sign. And um, it's also the sign of, like I said, mysticism and spirituality and the philosophies around that, as well as the musician. So Pisces Risings can have beautiful musicianship and can play a wide variety of instruments and can be very musical as they grow older. The other invitation of a Pisces Rising is to really listen, whether they're a musician or they're interested in mysticism and spirituality. It's that capacity to keep listening, keep listening for signs, for synchronicities, for sounds, for the cries of others, for the murmurs of your own heart. It's the listening. That's a very high road of Pisces rising. So just as knowing your destination helps you forge your path, your soul's journey in the end is what this life is about. There are other indicators for sure in your natal astrological chart that can give you clues about your past lives and what karmic lessons you are here to practice, to learn, and even about your career and how you're here to serve. But truly speaking, your ascendant, in my humble opinion, is an important key to unlocking your fullest potential of your destiny. For it is where your soul wants to land. And isn't that what life in the end is about? Because in the end, after you let these clothes of your body go, your soul is the one thing you are left with. So moving towards the energy it is craving and with which it will thrive more fully is not only valuable, it's a boon and a blessing. Our greatest glory is not in never failing, but in rising every time we fall. So keep on your path, this path of the rising and the falling that we call life. And every time you are lost and down, depressed or anxious, at a loss for time, energy, resources, friends, look to your rising sign like the North Star for its themes, for its lessons, and for its guidance. And it will nourish you at the most fundamental level so you can rise up once again, dear one. Namaste. Thank you for taking these words in. I hope they ground, inform, and inspire you on your journey of the mystic path. If you like what you heard, please be sure to rate, review, and follow the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, 
or whichever podcast platform you use. It is so appreciated. Also, check out my website, modernmystic.love, where you can find information about my very exciting monthly mystic membership. My members have unlimited access to a robust video library, which includes short videos that are easily digestible, sharing practical ways to integrate mystical living into your day-to-day life. These compelling videos cover topics such as how to ground, protect, and grow your energy, how to develop your psychic abilities, how to connect to your spirit team, shadow work, inner child work, tarot cards, lots of Western astrology, of course, in addition to syncing up with the rhythms of nature and so much more. I've gotten so much positive feedback that these videos are game changers for folks. Also included in the membership are over 100 alignment-based yoga classes of all different levels, meditation and breathwork classes, so you can work from the inside out or the outside in and up level yourself as you become the next version of you. Not to mention my mystic members get all sorts of bonus content and discounts from my visionary podcast guests. So check out modernmystic.love and take a peek there as there's a free sampling of some videos waiting for you. Lastly, if you are looking for some conscious conversation and compelling community, check out also our private Modern Mystic podcast Facebook group. Keep on meeting the present moment where the magic lives, one breath at a time. Namaste.